7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. I always talk out of the side of my mouth when I say America. I don't know why, but I do. Okay, stop it. Stop, stop. 3 o'clock in uh, London in the afternoon, 7.30 in Mumbai, India. In Kyoto, Japan, it is 11 o'clock at night, and here in Malaysia, it is 1943. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. (laughs) Welcome in as usual. And before we even get started, I want to plug Debbie Wright's podcast, which is called Never Too Late. Uh, We are doing a little cross-promotional thing here. And sadly, for some reason, Debbie's promo doesn't run on our podcast before our podcast starts. It's supposed to, but it doesn't always do that. So I certainly want to, mine runs on her show, but for some reason hers is not always running on mine. So I want to make sure that our podcast listeners, uh, when you're done listening here to our podcast, go over and check out Debbie Wright's Never Too Late. It's a great podcast. Uh, She's a wonderful woman, talks about some rather interesting uh, topics and uh, including her personal life. Lately, in fact, she's been getting back into acting. So you find out about that at Debbie Wright's Never Too Late podcast right here on the same place you're listening to our podcast. You are right now watching us live across the globe. We are on four different live platforms, rumble.com, uh, Twitch.tv, uh, Facebook Live, and YouTube Live. So we're there. Twitch.tv, by the way, is where you will find the Miko merchandise for our show here. You can uh, go to Twitch.tv, check out Jay Sheldon No Pants, go to the About page, and you'll find it over on the right side. It says About, and then Miko Merch. Check it out. We got a bunch of cool stuff over there. Speaking of merchandise, okay, so. Uh, that's that's Debbie Wright. We want to give her a plug. Um, I've got a new shirt on tonight. The microphone is hiding the... There we go. There. A little Shiba Inu shirt. And it's very cute. Looks a little bit like a fat Miko. Miko's not fat, but there you go. And uh, we wanted to plug the folks who are uh, doing this shirt. It's uh, It's very cool. And it is done by the folks at... PPHM, which is a charity organization. Now, most of this is in uh, Chinese. So unless you read Chinese, I'm afraid, like me, you're SOL, out of luck. But um, it is a great group. This is actually their mobile page. So sadly, it's a little long. They're out of Malacca. And um, they do a lot of great work with animal rescue. And... Where is the other page? Here we go. This one, I think this one might be a little bit easier for you to see. PPHM, Charity Organization. Again, most of the page is in Chinese or in Malay, but uh, there is some English here. You want to check it out and um, help to support them. Uh, My significant other got us each a shirt 
I'll tell you right now, they run slightly small on the t-shirt sizes. This is an XL and it's, it fits fits, but it's, it could be, a, I like my t-shirts a little bit loose, but uh, there they are. This is the one that I'm wearing right now. Um, reason, very reasonably priced. In fact, if you're in Malaysia, they're very reasonably priced. If you're in another country where, you know, it's like a hundred to one ringgit is like a hundred of your dollars. They're like free almost, <laughs> um, but that's not bad. They got the 30 bucks a piece, 30 ringgit a piece, I should say. Come in a bunch of cool sizes and colors. Pink. Oh, I like the pink one. Blue, white, black, which is like the one that I'm wearing now. And you can put your order in and it will go to support the good work that PPHM does. And they take all kind of payment plans there. And there is uh, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff over here. And uh, there's some of the work that uh, the Dog Rescue has done for PPHM. So please do check them out. You'll find them on Facebook. Just type in PPHM and look for the page that looks like this. And then you can scroll down and see where you can pick up your T-shirt. But again, we just we wanted to give them a big plug and a hello. Uh, Luna Amethyst, welcome to the stream. Yes. Good to have you along for the ride here. Um, you may have worn your Cliff cosplay out yesterday. Oh, <laughs> did you see? I don't know who posted it on uh, on Twitter, but somebody posted a picture of Tatiana and Cliff getting married. Ooh. Anyway, I saw that it was great. In fact, I, I made a comment, said that Cliff approves. So, yeah, that was very, very cool. Um, <laughs> very cool. So, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we enjoyed that. Um, so anyway, you got a compliment on your hairband. Good on you. I noticed too, in your picture, you had not only the hairband, but also the purple scarf, which I couldn't find. I looked everywhere for a purple scarf. They're really tough and purple's my favorite color too. So there you go. All right. Uh, what's going on here? We've got, uh, we got a lot. Okay, I can close that window and it's very bright. Um, oh, I know, it's time for an update. Miko update. Me, 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 Miko update. Miko, up. oh, Luna found her purple scarf on Amazon. Okay, good on you. All right, Miko update. And unfortunately, I have a really sad Miko update tonight because she is not doing well. Um, right after our show on Wednesday, the last time we were live, um, that night she got really sick. She threw up all over the bed. She threw up all over the floor. Um, starting like Thursday, she went off of her food. She has eaten very, very little um, for the past two and a half days. Uh, she drank quite a bit of water. She's had a little bit of food, but she's had no energy. Uh, we took her on a very short walk last night. Tonight it was, A, it was raining, and B, she had just no energy because she hasn't been eating. So she has a very sensitive stomach. We have to be very, very careful about what we feed her. We try not to give her too much table scraps. Things like onion and garlic, which are in a lot of the food that we eat, we can't give her because onion and garlic is not good for dogs. Um, but she got, she, the, the problem is she eats everything. She finds stuff in the yard, leaves, whatever. She had this 
we we called it a wart toad back in the U.S. I don't know what you call it here, but it's it's not a frog. It's a toad that has all the warts on its back, which are a defense mechanism. If you bite into it, those things are filled with this really bitter fluid, which will it won't kill you, but it'll make you really. Yuck. She was fascinated with this toad. I don't know. I haven't seen the toad. She didn't eat it. I hope. But but anyway, um, she actually ate a little bit more tonight. She drank a ton of water. She's kept it down. She hasn't thrown it back up. And right now she's sleeping in the bedroom because she doesn't have a whole lot of energy. So we're hoping and praying everything is okay. She seems to be a little bit better tonight. If she's not a lot better by tomorrow, we're going to take her to the vet and uh, see what happens. So we hope that uh, she'll be okay and uh, get better very soon. She's already 40% better, so. Okay, sorry, coffee break time. Yeah, um, well, you uh, we, uh, you know what? I was gonna make some comments about the whole Alec Baldwin shooting incident on the film set of Rust. However, I think I'm gonna hold back on that because frankly, we don't know enough. We haven't seen enough of the police reports. The investigation is still ongoing. It is a sad, sad situation. A brilliant director of photography was killed. An assistant director, I believe, or the director was uh, injured. And um, all has to do with the lack, apparently, of gun safety on film sets. And, uh, yeah, it's... I have, as you well know, been in a number of films, uh, both behind the screen as director and also in front of the lens as an actor. Uh, most recently did a shadow play in which, in fact, my character was called Shotgun Sheldon. Uh, we used a shotgun in that scene, in a number of scenes, and, uh, you know, always safety first on when, whenever you screw, don't, don't, you don't screw around with guns, prop guns or not prop guns. There are rules, there are safety rules, you take classes, you learn about safety with, with weapons, with firearms, you do not point it at anybody. Again, prop gun or not, you don't do it. Um, I have a feeling there were a lot of safety issues that were ignored on this set from some of the preliminary reports of what I'm hearing. It sounds like that's the case. But again, I'm going to I'm going to hold back pretty much from making many comments until more news comes out. Here in Malaysia, we've had our own set of issues having nothing to do with prop guns or people getting shot, having to do with the subject of rape. Uh, if you want, just look up the headlines. You can do a search for it. Don't go to Google because Google sucks. Use DuckDuckGo or something. Use another anything but Google. But... Um, Check out, uh, just put in a Malaysia rape uh, television case or something like that. Uh, it's it's a long involved story. I don't want to get into everything. But um, on set, at least not on my sets when I'm directing, whether it's a commercial, short film, whatever it might be. But uh, we respect everybody. We respect people's attitudes, people's ideals, people's life choices, uh, all that. And I don't put up with people who don't respect and respect women, frankly. 
But um, today, because it has been in the news lately, uh, artists and filmmakers have endorsed here in Malaysia an industry code of conduct, which uh, I thought was a pretty good thing. My friend uh, Jehan Mishkin there, uh, Bron Polari, uh, Namron are uh, some of the folks in this uh, this photograph. But this uh, fiasco, which involved the description of a rape scene by actor Fauzi Nawawi, has encouraged companies and individuals to, in showbiz to promote a code of conduct. Uh, the group, which is known as the Integrated Malaysian Actors Network, IMAN, with the support of Malaysian Association of Advertising Filmmakers, has initiated a pledge to support the code which covers uh, discrimination, bullying, and harassment. Uh, in a statement today, they said the code was from one earlier published by the arts group Five Arts Center for the performing arts community. It, the quote here says, in light of recent offensive remarks which demonstrated insensitivity and disrespect, we pledge our commitment to respect the rights of every person in the industry. Uh, pledging support for the code, we intend to promote a specific set of actions and behavior for professionals to ensure integrity, respect, and civil behavior. Total of 50 individuals, 29 companies have pledged their support for the code, including Persona, uh, Persona Pictures, Petra Media, Redcom, KL Motion Pictures, Kuman Pictures, uh, Bron Polari, Datin Sophia Jane, Jehan Mishkin, Namron, uh, Chelsea Ung. Uh, the list goes on and on of all the people who've put their name and their face to this and uh, good for you. We aim to ensure that all receive equal treatment irrespective of gender, marital status, race, religion, pregnancy, and disability. We are committed to ensuring the highest ethical standards while working and maintaining an environment free from victimization. It is time, oh, this is powerful, it is time that every Malaysian can do better in terms of how we view and treat women. Indeed. Uh, long overdue, but uh, good. It's, it's a shame we had to get to a point where we had a controversy that inspired people but whatever it takes and uh hopefully people will will commit to that and stick to it uh good stuff very good stuff from that uh, group of artists producers film companies nicely done all right are you ready for a cashless society i hope not <laughs> i honest to god you know the idea i haven't I use cash often. I use cash 40% of the time. All my bills I pay online. I use my debit card to pay for a lot of other stuff. But I always have cash. I always keep a stock of cash in my wallet. Not a lot, but some, enough. And um, we are sadly moving in the wrong direction. And that includes us here in Malaysia because there has been some talk about this. I know the convenience of a cashless society, but have you thought about the other side of a cashless society? The part where if 
all your money is tied to that little flimsy plastic card and somebody has control over that little flimsy plastic card, you may or may not have access to your money. And now this may sound like a little tin hat, but trust me, folks, it wouldn't take too much. And I think we all have learned that because of things like mandates we've had to deal with for the last couple of years almost. My dear and wonderful friend, Michelle, posted this today. And uh, it's a joke. It's a meme. But it's likely not too far from something that could be the truth before too long. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go over to rumble.com slash Sheldon and check out our uh, video of the show. Uh, it's an ATM. Somebody's sticking their ATM card in the machine. And the notice here appears says, warning, we noticed you criticized the government on Facebook. And then something about uh, you, you can't access your money. Yeah. For example, let's say you a completely cashless society. So you're using your debit or credit card. You go to the store and you want to buy some hamburger. And you get to the checkout counter and the thing beeps and says, Oh, sorry, you spent beyond your carbon limit today. You can't buy that item. Or what else that a government may or may not want you to buy? And so if there is no such thing as cash and all you have is your card and people have access to that or the government has access to that, they can stop you from buying things that you have every right to buy. Think twice. Think twice before you support this cashless society. Um, you're giving up a freedom. There's nothing like good old-fashioned cash to make purchases. I know there are some places here, in fact, I've run into, where they don't accept cash anymore. I try not to spend my money at those places because I think it's foolish, but uh, there are places like that. There are not many, but there are some. And there are beginning to be more, actually, that um, that occur in places uh, where they no longer accept cash of any kind, which is a shame. All right, enough about cash. Hey, did you hear the news? Donald Trump back in the news again. We're gonna just do a brief little thing about this. This is from the BBC. I don't like putting crap from the BBC on my show because BBC is like a CNN for, for Great Britain. It's just a crap news outlet. But uh, this was the uh, one of the better articles I found about it from the uh, the link will be in the show notes today. Just in the description, you'll see a link to all the stuff we talk about. Trump to launch new social media platform. It's called Truth Social. And uh, he said the new platform would stand up to the tyranny of big tech. Uh, announced plans to launch a new social media network called Truth Social. And uh, it's uh, social media playing a pivotal role in Mr. Trump's bid for the White House and was his favorite means of communication as president. Yeah, I think we all could agree we could use some mean tweets these days. Uh, he was banned from Twitter, suspended from Facebook after his uh, supporters, oh, you see, this is the BBC's crap again, stormed the Capitol. 
Um, social media firms under pressure throughout Mr. Trump's presidency to ban him. Posts and criticized, insulting, inflammatory, uh, peddling outright falsehoods. Yeah, whatever, BBC. You're so full of crap. Anyway, Trump has said, given the old double-barrel middle finger to uh, social media, and he's starting his own. Now, I will tell you, I saw that you can sign up, pre-sign up for the app at the uh, Apple, whatever it's called. I'm an Android guy, so I don't know about Apple. But for some reason, apparently, it's not yet available for Android. Look, why is Android always the ugly, red-headed stepchild? When you're going to put out an app, why do you have to do it just for the Apple people? There's millions of us Android people who want nothing to do with the ridiculous controlling nature of Apple products. So, seriously, get your ass in gear and give us an Android version. By the way, if you go to truthsocial.com, it's apparently where you can also sign up. I can't get it to load here in Malaysia. I don't think it's because of our controls on the internet here. I, I think there's just something screwy with it. I tried several different browsers and methods to try and get it. But um, yeah, anyway, so do check out truthsocial.com or check out the Truth Social app. They've started a publicly listed uh, company which was trading like 200% on Wall Street, I believe I read, I forgot what the headline said, but um, they wound up actually shutting down the trading because it was going so crazy like five different times uh, during the day today. So good on you or Friday, I guess it was. Today's Saturday. Is it already Saturday? It is. My goodness. All right. So anyway, the truth hurts, but stand up for what you believe in. And uh, I've made no bones about the fact that I'm a Trump supporter. I won't hide that fact. If you disagree, you have you do you. I do me, you do you. I support President Trump. I certainly support Let's Go Brandon. Am I going to get banned for saying that? Probably not. I don't have a big enough audience. But uh, this rotting bag of bones in the White House is just unbelievable. Uh, all right, so... You should stand up for your beliefs, whatever they are. If you disagree with me, that's fine. You have every right. But stand up for what you believe in, as I will stand up for what I believe in. Saw this quote today. Who posted this? Gary Mosier, uh, my cousin, actually. And I love this. This is so true. If you are silent about your beliefs because you're worried somebody will be offended, then your beliefs just aren't that important to you. But rather, what people think about you is what's important to you. When you stand up for what you believe is right and true, you will receive both love and hate. However, one thing is clear. Everyone will know what you stand for. Stand up for your beliefs. And again, they don't have to agree with mine. You do you, I do me. That's the point of the great big world we live in. We don't always agree. We agree to disagree. We talk about things. We argue about things in a friendly way. We present our case. You present your case. That's how it all works, folks, or how it should work. Sadly, in this ridiculous age we live of cancel culture and all the other crap, 
It doesn't always work that way, but it's how it ought to work. All right, enough controversy. It's time for No Straight Road Stuff. Hey, it launched, I believe it was on Thursday, Luna Amethyst, who of course is a big fan of No Straight Roads. I think she's still in the chat here. Um, I got this page. Let me pop this up for you so you can see it. And here it is. This is from Steam, the gaming platform. And uh, if you haven't yet heard about it, I'm sure you have. Who hasn't heard about No Straight Roads? Um, I am one of the voice actors in No Straight Roads. I played the character Cliff. And uh, No Straight Roads has just come out with their Encore Edition. It's phenomenal. Hans and the crew uh, did an amazing job. In fact, incorporated in the game are all kinds of fan art. Uh, the fans have uh, put up artwork that then the team has incorporated into the game, uh, which is just absolutely phenomenal. So you can uh, you can get your, that. Look at that. <laughs> um, you can get your. Um, let me see if I can play this launch trailer. Here we go. I think, in fact, my character is briefly in the launch trailer. Let me. Just, uh, he's right towards the beginning here, somewhere around in there. Let me see. There he is. There's Cliff. <laughs> he makes a little cameo in the launch trailer. So, again, go to Steam. There's a link in our show notes, actually. It'll take you right to this page. Uh, check out the show notes, and you'll see that there for uh, the No Straight Roads Encore Edition. It's, uh, it's quite exciting, quite cool. It did a fantastic job. All right, one of the other things that I put on our thumbnail tonight was burnt pie. And I thought maybe you would look at that and go, what? Burnt pie? I saw this story today. Serena, God love you, Serena. Uh, she put this up here, and it really is. It's a, it's a great story. Um, I don't really need to share the visual, but I will just for the hell of it. <laughs> It's originally posted by someone called Sweet Buffalo, and it's, uh, it's brilliant. Um, my mother always cooked delicious foods, but one day she put a burnt pie in front of my father. Now, this wasn't just a little burnt. It was black as coal. I wanted to see what my father would say, but he just consumed the pie and asked how my day was. And then I heard my mother apologize to him for his dinner, and I'll never forget his response. He said, Honey, I like your pie. Later I asked my father if he'd told the truth, and my father put his arm on my shoulder and said, Your mother had a tough day at work. She was weary, she was tired, and that burnt pie didn't hurt me, but a piercing, razor-sharp word would have hurt her. We all make mistakes, and some are really damn bad mistakes. But we shouldn't focus on those mistakes. Rather, we should support those whom we truly love. That is the best-kept secret of a long, blissful, and happy relationship, even with a burnt pie.
that story. Very cool. And thanks for sharing that, Serena. Nice, nicely done. I'm always, I'm always sharing your stuff. I think you should be paying me to be on this show. You there. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, another friend of mine, Amir Mohammed, uh, posted this. It's very funny. And uh, it has to do with the dogs of Klang Valley. It's a public post. I'm not sharing anything outside of school. But um, <laughs> I, you kind of have to live in Malaysia to understand the humor behind this. But because probably 51% of my audience is in Malaysia, uh, I thought I would share this with you. These are the dogs of Klang Valley. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry, it's purely a visual thing. Go to rumble.com slash Sheldon or just search Sheldon on rumble.com. You'll see the video part of our show. Just go about 25 minutes, 26, uh, seven minutes in and you'll see this. Here's the PJ dog, Pataling Jaya. <laughs> okay. Ampong. Uh, yeah, apparently Ampong's got a lot of strays. Clang is a giant, vicious dog. Bongsar is a little tiny ankle biter dog stuck in the back of the car. Uh, Chiras, again, another, uh, not too far from the Clang dog. Uh, Kipong has the dog sleeping below what looks like some sort of a fruit stand or something. Uh, Montkiera, which, you know, I'll just say the quiet part out loud. Montkiera is where all the rich people live, which is why I don't live in Montkiera. But you can see the dog here. This is the Montkiera dog, which is in a, in a baby stroller, obviously very well taken care of. I do, however, live in Subang. Yes, I live in Subang. And if you look here, the picture of the Subang dog is a rat. <laughs> hey, we have some big rats here. Maybe not as big as a dog. Well, some dogs, maybe. But this is great. This is a classic. Dogs of the Klang Valley. And there's the Subang dog right there. A big old rat. <laughs> oh, man. Had to share that tonight. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. No segue here, just straight into another topic. I subscribe to a, uh, a website, and in fact, they also have a Facebook page. It's called No Film School. No Film School. You check it out. I believe the link is in the show notes tonight. But um, they post, they do a lot of great, great articles about filmmaking, films, not just, to, not just for people in the business, but for people interested in film. And uh, they reminded me today about a film from what is now, my God, 21 over years ago, Billy Elliot. If you have not seen Billy Elliot from the year 2000, you seriously need to do yourself a favor and watch the film. It is one of my favorites. I think it's in my top 10. It would be in my top 10. Billy Elliot is a coming-of-age drama directed by Stephen Daltrey. It's set in County Durham in northeast England during the brutal 1984-85 miners' strike. The film is about a working-class boy 
who ditches boxing, which is what his father has desperately wanted him to do, and discovers a passion for ballet. About as polar opposite from boxing as you can get. But this film is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It's one of those make you laugh and definitely make you cry films. Billy Elliot. You must check it out if you have never seen it. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. Watch it again. In fact, I haven't watched this film in... I have a copy on my hard drive somewhere. I haven't watched this in probably eight, ten years. But you can, you can bet your buttons I will be watching it again. Amazing film. Absolutely amazing. All right, what else have we got here? Oh, 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 yeah, I got to share this because it is a brilliant idea. Uh, somebody on Facebook named Kai Kai shared this. And um, let me see if I can get this to pop up. It's just a, it's a text, so it's not so important about the visuals. I'll read it to you. Um, hang on a quick sec. All right, now we're back. Um, this is such a cool idea. I, I, it's brilliant. I, in fact, one of the channels I subscribe to on YouTube is called Mr. Ballon. Mr. Ballon does all these most true stories. Uh, he's a storyteller. Great guy. Check him out. Subscribe to his channel on, on YouTube, Mr. Ballon. And um, this, in fact, the story I just heard today on Mr. Ballon uh, this would have helped the folks that were involved in that story. Uh, if you are ever lost while hiking, get stranded with a broken down car, you'll notice that your cell phone is either low on juice or has no signal. Here is a brilliant tip that could very well save your life. Before you go out of the house, on your trip, whether you're going hiking in the woods or backpacking or camping or, you know, just going for a long drive maybe to visit relatives or something. Change your voicemail message. You know, you can update your voicemail message a hundred times if you want to. And in your voicemail message, give your approximate location, the time, the date, any special instructions, like if your car breaks down that you're staying with the car or you're walking towards a town. So that what happens is that even if your phone dies, your voicemail message will automatically be heard by anyone trying to get a hold of you. So imagine this, you're out in the woods, you get lost, you have a signal Change your voicemail message to include where you are, what happened, the de as many details as you can. And then if your phone battery dies or if you lose signal, that message will still be there in the system for whoever tries to contact you once people realize perhaps that you are late in getting back or missing. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea. And uh, that way people will hear the message and will know either where to find you or where to begin to search for you or where to send help. It's an absolutely brilliant idea and I wanted to share that with you uh, tonight on the show. Just keep that in mind. You don't have to do it every time you, you know, go to the store for groceries. But 
you know, there are times where you may go out hiking or whatever it is and, and uh, it very well could save your life. All right, what else have we got? We got a book, I think, don't we? Where's our book? Yeah. Okay, it's time to move up and on and get over to our book tonight. Uh, we've been doing The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, and uh, we're getting towards the end. We're about uh, halfway through the second book of The War of the Worlds. Coming up, by the way, next Saturday night, we that's the only show we've done where we won't be reading a book. We will be doing a full show of scary stories for Halloween. It's Halloween Eve, but that's going to be next Saturday, so join us for that, and uh, you can check out all of our scary stories that we've picked to uh, to share with you. Right now, though, we're going to thank the folks at the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org, which is uh, the group that puts out all these public domain books absolutely free. Go over to gutenberg.org, check them out, and you will find... Uh, all the classics there, including this one from H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds, where we left off last time, Life Under the Martians. The Martians had what appears to have been an auditory organ, a single round drum at the back of the head body and eyes with a visual range not very different from ours, except that, according to Phillips, blue and violet were as black to them. It is commonly supposed that they were communicating by sounds and tentacular gestu gesticulations. This is asserted for sounds and, uh, for instance, in the able but hastily compiled pamphlet written evidently by someone who was not an eyewitness of the Martian actions, to which I've already alluded, and which so far has been the chief source of information concerning them. Now, no surviving human being saw so much of the Martians in action as I did. I take no credit to myself for an accident, but the fact is so, and I assert that I watched them closely time after time, and that I have seen four, five, and once six of them sluggishly performing the most elaborately complicated operations together without sound or gesture. Their peculiar hooting invariably preceded feeding. It had no modulation and was, I believe, in no sense a signal, but merely the expiration of air preparatory to the suctional operation. I have a certain claim to at least an elementary knowledge of psychology, and in this matter I'm convinced, as firmly as I am convinced of anything, that the Martians interchanged thoughts without any physical intermediation. And I've been convinced of this in spite of strong preconceptions. Before the Martian invasion, as an occasional reader here or there may remember, I'd written some little vehemence against the telepathic theory. The Martians wore no clothing. Their conception of ornament and decorum was necessarily different from ours. And not only were they evidently much less sensible of changes of temperature than we were, but changes of pressure do not seem to have affected their health at all, seriously. Yet, though they wore no clothing, 
It was in the other artificial additions to their bodily resources that the great superiority over man lay. We men, with our bicycles and road skates, our lithianthal soaring machines, our guns and sticks and so forth, are just in the beginning of the evolution that the Martians have worked out. They have become practically mere brains, wearing different bodies according to their needs, just as men wear suits of clothes and take a bicycle in a hurry or an umbrella in the wet. And of their appliances, perhaps nothing is more wonderful to a man than the curious fact that what is the dominant feature of almost all human devices in mechanisms is absent. The wheel is absent. Among all the things they brought to earth, there's no trace, no suggestion of their use of wheels. One would have at least expected it in locomotion. And in this connection, it is curious to remark that even on this earth, nature has never hit upon the wheel or has preferred other expedients to its development. Not only did the Martians either not know of, which is incredible, or abstain from the wheel, but in their apparatus singularity, little use is made of the fixed pivot or relatively fixed pivot, which circular motions thereabout confine to one plane. Almost all the joints of the machinery presented a complicated system of sliding parts moving over small but beautifully curved friction bearings. And while upon the matter of detail, it is remarkable that the long leverages of their machines are in most cases actuated by a sort of sham musculature, of the discs in an elastic sheath. These discs become polarized and drawn together closely and powerfully together when transversed by a current of electricity. In this way, the curious parallelism to animal motions, which was so striking and disturbing to the human beholder, was attained. Such quasi-muscles abounded in the crab-like handling machines, which on my first peeping out of the slit, I watched unpacking of the cylinder. It seemed infinitely more alive than the actual Martians lying beyond it in the sunlight. Paint panting, stirring ineffectual tentacles, moving feebly over their vast journey across space. And while I was watching their sluggish motions in the sunlight and noting each strange detail of their form, the curate reminded me of his presence by pulling violently at my arm. I turned to a scowling face and silent, eloquent lips. He wanted the slit, which permitted only one of us to peep through, and so I had to forego watching them for a time while he enjoyed that privilege. When I looked again, the busy handling machine had already put together several of the pieces of apparatus— it had taken out of the cylinder into a shape having an unmistakable likeness to its own. And down on the left, a busy little digging mechanism had come into view, emitting jets of green vapor and working its way around the pit, excavating and embanking in a methodical and discriminating manner. This it was which had caused the irregular beating noise 
and the rhythmic shocks that kept our ruinous refuge quivering. It piped and whistled while it worked. So far as I could see, the thing was without a directing Martian at all. And we're going to cut it short because that's the end of that chapter. We'll move on to the next chapter, which is called The Days of Imprisonment. We are nearly done with this book, and we will finish it up in just a few more streams. We will continue on with that uh, in our next stream. All right, my friends. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy what's left of it here in Malaysia. We're about halfway through on our Saturday night. For some of you, I know your weekend is only just beginning. Uh, thanks for joining, and I will see you again on Monday night. Don't forget, next Saturday, our Halloween special will be coming up on the 30th. Mark your calendars. Better yet, hit that subscribe button, and you'll get notified. Follow, subscribe, share, like. They all help. Thank you much. You can help support the show by going to patreon.com slash jsheldon. Check us out at patreon.com slash jsheldon if you'd like to help support the show. I will see you again on Monday. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Good night. <laughs>